0: War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 508- propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 you're listening to the john DePetro show folks it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, topetro.com. Boy, the heat continues. It's Monday. It is July 25th. That was a hot weekend. That was a hot <laughs> weekend. And the heat advisory continues. Granted, now today, it's a little more cloudy. And then it looks like some very heavy rain moving into our uh, area for tonight. But that was uh, this heat wave. This has been pretty rough at the same time right now it feels like 90 degrees at the same time it hey uh the 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 uh, rain should cool things off we could certainly use some rain by the way um but this past weekend this was a fantastic beach weekend this is what we want in in the summertime i want to just mention this local story that uh there's a a diner apparent uh no a sports bar in uh, Tiverton. Atlantic and they, they posted something very insensitive, very insulting, cruel as a matter of fact, where they posted the Atlantic Sports Bar and Restaurant. It's hotter than an oven out there, and I should know. And they posted that meme with and it was a picture of Anne Frank. Um they they have not apologized. They took it down. Uh I don't know these individuals that, that run it. Um it, it is, it, 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 it's, it's just so, it's it's actually disturbing to see a business that, number no, well, one, there's nothing remotely funny about that. I think uh, I did see a story where someone was trying to contact and it was a young person that posted it. And then the owner said, well, I didn't know who it was either. You know, part of this comes into play also that the media won't get into. But part of the whole thing with Black Lives Matter is when they started to include more discussion and more um, focus in the schools on Black Lives Matter and blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the things that, that they started to teach less about was the Holocaust. So there's remember, there's, there's only so many hours of the day. There's only so many days that children go to school. If you remove something for something else, then... And I'm not in any way making an excuse by any means. And um, whoever posted that, to think or not think like where that would come, whoever posted that was really—it's—it's uh, it's disgraceful. It's insensitive. But I think it also comes to that—that we—we are—you're going to have a generation growing up. Um, and I, I do have a story about that on the website debierto.com who who they're not going to know who, who someone like that is. And we're, we're going to have a generation of people that don't know what I think you and I would, or a lot of people would consider just basic history. You know, um, from, the, from the moment you first heard about the story of, of Anne Frank, it brought insight into that of, of a real person and a young girl and what she went through with her and her family. Notice, there's nothing on about that anymore. I remember, you know, being in school, and I think NBC ran a series on the Holocaust, and you don't hear about that. There's so much trash that is out there that they don't stop and watch a Schindler's List or NBC. I think that was even a made-for-television where they did on the Holocaust and it gave you insight. And I can still remember parts of that. Obviously, you know, Anne Frank was required reading. Plus, I remember seeing, you know, the film and what they went through. Um, it, it is, um, you just wonder where there's so much of a focus on how the people now want to change and alter education. You know, over the weekend, um, there was a story of, there was a drag queen story hour. And so this group, group 131, and they're apparently white supremacists this was in boston jamaica plain they went and protested outside of it and what's interesting about it was channel five because i monitor the boston news they channel five had a um a full story about it and they they explained the group and why they were there channel seven i believe all they said was this group showed up at a story hour like they they left out no one is condoning the protest. No one's condoning why you would show up, of all things, to protest that. But the media didn't even follow through as to, if you take out that it was the drag queen story hour where these groups, and they... they And by, here's something that should be known, is the people that are bringing their children there, they're deciding to do it. These are private events. If there's a parent that says, yes, I want my child to attend... A drag queen story hour I come back to I don't know why some people would be so upset about that it's not like it's being taught in a public school um, there have been different instances of this I'm not sure what to make of it I've never sat through it thank God it's nothing that I have to deal with right now but my point is by the media leaving that out of the story that that is the story uh, otherwise it makes no sense that this I'm not, I'm not saying it makes sense to begin with but it certainly doesn't make sense that uh, this group 131 and there's big stories in the globe, white supremacy is on the rise. Um, there still hasn't been any actions of violence. There still hasn't been anything of that. I think Governor Baker had it right. Um, they commented on it. I think the mayor, mayor of uh, Boston commented saying <clears throat> that um, they're not welcome and it's certainly nothing. But Governor Baker said, folks, it still comes down to a first amendment issue and I know some people don't want to believe that, but that's, that's just what it is. You don't have to like them. I think in the whole thing, I agree with all of the criticism. It's cowardly. They hide their faces. I don't understand the whole, there's an element that this actually even seems mean. There are none of your, your children don't have to go to that. I don't fully get the whole thing and why they're picking that. Seems kind of like a bullying type thing. Um, to some extent, I get email or sometimes or messages from people, hey, do you see this is going on? And I, I come back to, you know, that is that is a an, an optional event that parents are choosing to bring their children to. Um, I don't think I would choose that. Um, but, and, and it's kind of a new thing that this is going on. I'm not sure exactly what to make of it. But I don't understand a big group. It wasn't that big, but on a Saturday coming loud, uh, making a lot of noise, obviously frightening some people, faces covered. You want to protest, you want to have a thoughtful protest that it is your right. I have a problem with, uh, you know, if they have any type of offensive flag, any type of uh, offensive, you know, they are entitled to chant. I've covered the chants where they chant Black Lives Matter and so forth. But um, but I, I think it just needs some clarity from the media as to what would, what the motivator was and that's seemingly what was missing all right we have a lot ahead on this monday uh we are going to talk folks justin katz things are heating up with the campaigns politics is this week with justin katz is next it's all ahead right here on the john DePietro show folks remember for all your tree service well you want to call yankee tree call them today 401- We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is to Petro.com. It's right on the left-hand side under Listen Live. Click that. By the way, also, if you ever miss a segment like this segment, Politics This Week with Justin Catch, you can just go to the website, Petro.com, and then under uh, Radio Show, everything is alphabetized in nice, orderly fashion. Many people that different reasons this schedule. don't get to hear things live can always go and hear that folks it is time for our segment politics this week joining me right now is the managing editor frankarising.com it is justin katz justin i'd like to start off with um governor mckee has come out with a commercial in his uh well trying to get elected to be governor and uh you know it's definitely clever it's different it's not him out on the stump walking the streets it's not multi- national it's not you know a lot of times they do the all right let's have someone of color here someone hispanic here elderly citizen to his right blah 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 it's just him and his mother in the kitchen playing cards and and it plays off of you know playing the hand that you're you're dealt i'm curious to hear your thoughts on the the mckee commercial
1: well you know it's as you said it's clever it's cute it's well produced uh what i'm not sure and it does actually i think allow him to in a, in a clever way to bring in what he's calling successes and, and remind people of those I'm not sure though that it's it's really goes to the audience he needs um, possibly I mean they they presumably they have some intensive internal polling and they, they might be fading among older Democrats or something like that um, I but it just doesn't seem to me, from the outside, to be the to hit the image he should be portraying. I mean, if he if we're correct in in our analyses of the past few weeks, and he's he's kind of losing ground among the more business moderate uh, Democrats who are, who are looking elsewhere. Um, then, then I, I'm not sure that's who he needs. That it, This kind of just reinforces his what you've been saying, is the, the safe prom date image, right? The guy sitting yeah. at home playing cards in the kitchen with his mother. Is that
0: really who Rhode Islanders want as their governor right now? I'm not sure. You know what else, Justin? That, that's a good point. I think it also, as much as, listen, it's a nice charming spot. He's sitting in the kitchen. Mother moved in with him during the pandemic. It's you know, I, I'm not gonna, you know, knock anyone that uses a a parent in a in a crucial. I just don't think it matches reality of how people are. You know, the feedback I got immediately from people is, "Oh, God, he's having a good time just sitting, relaxing, and playing cards in his in the kitchen with his with his mom." Because by all accounts, the state, the economy, the country, people feel they're going in the wrong direction. So as much as it's like to me, it's a novelty type spot. Okay, so we got to. Win or lose, he got to have his mother in a commercial. Um, you tell me when when in your hearing feedback from people is the reaction from people. Boy, you know, I got a hand it to, you know, Dan McKee. He got t- he got Delta tough hand and uh, he really turned things around. I, I just don't think voters view the state in the current situation as the success story that him and his mom playing high low jack in the kitchen lead you know lead us to believe
1: yeah certainly not and more than that it's you know he when you when you look at a spot like that you see you know the the kind of you know, bumbling politician i mean it's the kind of spot you would put out if if your advisors are saying your image is too harsh we need to soften your image you're losing voters. Sure. but but his image is already the guy yes. sitting at the table with his his mother yeah. and that, that's where it's you know uh, no we need I mean it, it made me think of Ashley Callis' commercial of her beating on a on a boxing uh, <laughs> bag you know, as a boxer you know I mean it's yeah. that kind of I think more what McKee needs to be not just the all, I mean because his image right now is yeah you know and he, he called it mother which for a second I had to I uh, i thought it was a typo like mothra like in, in godzilla what is this but you know right. a rhode island play but it's just okay we get it you're from rhode island you got family ties you hire a lot of people who do kind of corrupt looking mm-hmm. stuff because you know them well you're a local family guy you know your dad's on buildings but your dad's face is on buildings in your town you know it's just i don't think it it helps him where he needs to be helped but where he needs yeah. to be needs to be is saying look i'm i'm fighting for you i'm pushing back on you know the probably uh, he'd probably do well i think in his party even uh pushing back on progressives at least a little bit some of that's where that's where he's weak in my view uh not with you know all right we all get you're a nice guy and i, I don't think anybody you know and and moreover there's it's not really a contrast with other people in the race it's not as if his Nelly gorbea is known as his bloodthirsty tyrant you know and he's that's just right. trying to draw contrast she's she comes she appears to be a nice lady you know it's not it's not there's no i just don't see the purpose i think it's it's almost like people are sitting around going well we've got some money we should run some commercials hey i've got an idea and you know yeah. that's not, that's not really well first of all it's not how you ought to run a campaign but i think it's also telling and how he governs it's just there's no there's no strategy it's okay well we got to do this government stuff uh, who's got an idea? All right, well, why don't we, why don't we do this? And we'll, we'll, we we need, Oh, we need to bow to the progressives a little bit. Okay. And we need to please the unions and it's not, there's no plan. There's no, it just doesn't seem responsive to, as, as you said, to reality. And I think that's no. as, as nice and cute as it is. It's all right. Yeah. But it's not a film school project. You know, you're right. trying to show you're going to run a state of the United States of America Man, playing cards with your mom is cute. But, it, you know, we don't need to be convinced that you're a nice guy, I guess, basically. Yeah.
0: They, if anything, and again, folks, our segment is uh, po- politics this week with me. It's Justin Katz, Managing at com. The accent, it, it's kind of like a, a bygone era. It's, it, it's, it's really like the Kennedy, New England, Irish Catholic, you know, accent with the eh, Bobby and Jet. Like it's that type of <laughs> accent that is definitely you just don't hear it as much anymore. You know, there's another part about this, Justin, that's when, when he has been at the negotiating table, I don't know about the card table, but we've already we've always lost, um, you know, between the teacher's union contract and giving away the, the bonuses to the, the you know, he, he does not have a good track record whenever he's at the table involved in a high stakes either negotiating game or a poker game, whatever it may be. Um, I think you're right, though, at the very end of the commercial, when he like erupts, like it's the funniest thing where the mother gives the line of you know, the governor lives with his mother and spelled M-O-T-H-A. You know, that type of reaction, it almost seems he was so elated, the novelty of it that no matter what the circumstances are, he just feels like that's the you know, that was a home run. And I think you're right. I think that's been part of the the administration we've often wondered who was in the room when some of these decisions were made whether it was the ILO contract or giving bonuses to state workers and now you kind of you get a sense of if he gets excited about something um he almost comes across he's not a very good poker player he shows his hand (laughs) you can kind of tell how he reacts and you get, I think some insight into probably part of the problem with is he then just goes totally like Oh, we have to do it. This. this is fantastic. Yeah, let's give the bonuses. Yeah, let's give them the new contract. Yeah, let's let's do that, that that contract with ILO. Yeah, let's like they get so caught up in the moment almost.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that that very last moment where it's a very genuine reaction he seems to be having yes. when his mom delivers that line. It almost makes you wonder if she was ad libbing at the end. Um, that that's great it's great commercial it's great for a politician but it's great for a politician who's having problem a problem proving he's genuine right yes. if, if ever if his advisors are saying you know people think you're phony and then at the end of his commercial he has this really warm kind of happy reaction to his mother then that's a good thing but I, we don't need that from a key and i think your, the poker analogy is a great one I, I think another a competing candidate could very well put out an ad playing hard hard Ball poker, you know, on a game. Yeah. yeah, we're not here for games, we're here to win for Rhode Island, you know, that kind of thing. It's the contrast is, is would be very stark if somebody did take that out.
0: Now, before we take a break, uh, Ted Macy of WPRI tweeted out that he, he came across, uh, must have had television on, obviously, but he saw an Ashley Kalis commercial where she takes shots at both Biden and McKee. And I, I, I not only have have i not seen it i have not been watching a lot of television but um i i was then trying to find it i went to her twitter feed nowhere granted i didn't go to her website i went to her youtube channel it wasn't there and i went to her facebook page you can find it I, i'm i i like the idea of it i think a lot of her supporters would say yes tie in biden with mckee i'm just curious if you happen to catch it justin cats
1: no i I saw that and i went on the search too i it makes you wonder if 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 she's bought ad space on wpri and the ad group said hey ted we got a we got some (laughs) a a scoop for you and i thought his framing was kind of weird a first negative ad i mean what, what strikes me is when you when when attack ads go out there's to some degree they hurt the person who puts them out because people don't yes. like negativity. And so and then he, he, so he calls it a first negative ad. So that and then he says it's a hybrid ad, which I, I don't even know what that means. I guess it's because she mentions inflation, Biden and McKee and then pivots to her agenda, which doesn't seem like an attack ad to me and so I haven't seen it so I can't say. But I think I think it's a I mean my my first my first thought is, you know, it's it's a little early to go after McKee maybe cuz you know he he may not win the primary and he may be, exactly. the, one she, he may be the one she wants to win the primary. Yes. Uh, she could pick any of them. On the other hand, uh, Biden all of them are tied to Biden. And so right. it, it does have that lasting thing and and Drawing attention to her difference, if that's the emphasis from this inflationary policies of the Biden administration, is, is definitely a good a good tack for her to take. And you know, really, ought, it oughtn't take a the, the Republican candidate. the The news media ought to be asking these candidates, "What do you think of Biden and inflation?" I mean, that ought to be yes. ought to be just totally regular for the interviews. So I, I think it's it's probably a good ad. But as you said, I haven't I haven't seen it either, uh, and I, I was kind of surprised it's not on her on her side, either
0: that's one of the bigger things is here we are you know we're searching we shouldn't have to search it <laughs> should be easy uh at the very least when i went to her youtube channel i thought it would be there it's not there if it's new commercial they like it i i agree with all that we don't know if it's going to be a key however i think she's right don't let I, i'm excited if, if she is going in that direction i mean i i think that's encouraging don't let them get off the mat because you don't see the local media tie any of the candidates into Biden, that what is right now just a complete off the rails failure of a of a presidency. Whereas every interview with a Republican candidate starts off with, "Did you vote for President Trump? Would you vote for him again in twenty 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 four? What do you think of January sixth? Uh, who won the election? I mean, it's just I can already write out they have the top questions." You don't see that um, for any of the Democrat candidates. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. uh, Politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care Facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families specializing in ambulatory medicine diagnostic treatment service at med urgent care they provide immunization school sports physicals they're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical orthopedic and trauma work-related injuries physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, last week, Attorney General Peter Narona came out with his findings and kind of scolded former chief of staff, former chief of police of Cumberland, Tony Silva, um, scolded him in this whole land deal. However, in the end, Peter Narona did not, the Attorney General found, it didn't rise to the level that Rhode Island uses for you know if it would be a form of either extortion or or bribery um i thought it was interesting the mckee people immediately said see he didn't he didn't do anything, he didn't do anything wrong well he did maybe they technically commit a crime uh i think it was pretty obvious what what was going on uh but i'd like to hear your thoughts and reaction with the the tony silver case
1: yeah, you know, it's short of criminality. It's about as bad as you could get, I think. I mean, especially considering yeah. a, at the beginning, McKee defended it; well, he didn't do anything wrong. But then quickly reversed track when it when it started to get traction as a story. I mean, you've got the DEM director Terry Gray saying he was getting sick of getting calls from Tony Silva. Yeah. I mean, and, and others were saying, you know, they they were uncomfortable because both of them were there on a public dime, and he's asking questions about his personal deal. You know, that's those are not the kinds of things you want to hear. And and it it, it just goes, it it makes all of the rest of Rhode Island government look pretty good because it's just so, eh, you know, so kind of slimy and and how people expect these things really do go down. And so I I think, you know, it's not good for for McKee to have this drip drip. Uh, You know, probably, I I don't know if that ought to be criminal. I I mean, it doesn't sound, I mean, it sounds like somebody's just trying to get his way, which is entirely inappropriate and everybody else kind of, recognizing that we don't have to make everything a crime, but it, it does. I mean, it's drip drip. And we've still like last week, we were talking about the ILO contract and news from that investigation. uh, And now we've got this. So maybe it's off the table for, for McKee, but it certainly goes on the list. And I can see a lot of these quotes going in, in ads when, when it, things heat up, either in a primary or afterwards, you know, I was getting sick of getting calls from Tony. You know, we're both yeah. on a dime. I mean, those are not those are not nice quotes to have out there. And these these sorts of reports can be can be damaging, even even when there's no
0: criminality. What what do you um, what's your opinion on the fact that Attorney General Pino Norona that he he did not have to issue uh, a lengthy response on why they didn't charge even made himself available for interviews on that. Uh, I, I'm still stuck on Justin Gatz. I just think it's such a stark contrast. And I mean that in a positive way. Uh, Attorney General Peter Kilmartin never, you know, they would just, it would just linger or they would just say, you know, no charges filed or, uh, they, you know, if we don't comment on existing investigations, things just kind of die in the vine a little bit. It, it is uh, Peter Narona, attorney general, I, I think to his, I think, my opinion, to his credit, I, I'm just impressed when he doesn't have to make himself so available. And, and they, you know, went after Silva in that and made it very clear that it was clearly inappropriate, although not a crime. But just your your um, your um opinion on how Nerona then, I, I think it's, I, I'm not sure how much more transparent he could be.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do think
0: I, some of it will be clear in retrospect
1: when we know where Peter Nerona is going right? If he were, I mean, for example, if he were running for governor, then it'd be, yeah, yeah, of course you're going to put out this big report on trying to make it look like a crime, but he's not, he said he's not. So I don't, you know, if if he continues in just kind of the law enforcement vein and then moves on to some other job that's very similar, uh, I I think it'll speak well to his character. It it can be, I mean, if he does, these things can be pretty political. I mean, years ago, I thought the state police report on, on Alan Fung in a, uh, in Cranston was was more political than not. Uh, this doesn't have quite that feel. It feels like, you know, this is a big story, and people have a right to know what actually happened. Uh, and if if that's the spirit in which it's it's issued, I, I guess maybe I'm just kind of jaded from being in Rhode Island, where you only get the reports that are politically helpful uh, to to the people who, are, who who have the authority to issue them. But I, I think I, I agree that with him that it was it was worthwhile to let Rhode Islanders know what this is and then then we can decide. Was this corrupt even though it wasn't illegal or was it not? I mean it's clearly clearly there was enough there to investigate. There's no doubt about that. And so Nerona doesn't have to have to prove that he didn't just conduct this uh this investigation for no reason. In fact McKee asked him to so uh he got the report that he wanted I guess and I think but I think you're I think you're right. I, I think we'll find in the long run that, that Nerona was very much different from, from some of the attorney generals we've had
0: in the past. I can tell he was definitely much, much different than how Sheldon Whitehouse operated. Night and day between Patrick Lynch and certainly the low point to me was Attorney General Peter Kilmartin. Folks, our mm-hmm. segment is Politics This Week with me is Justin Katz, managing editor dot com. Justin, also your thoughts on, I think there's a there was a stark contrast of... Um, you had a representative from the AG's office, someone, by the way, that I heard was pretty well-respected with law enforcement. He got pulled over very bad, but embarrassing DUI, and boom, zero tolerance, immediately terminated from uh, the attorney general's office. Contrast that with Governor McKee, in, w- in the course of one weekend, he had uh, one of his aides uh, was arrested felony in Vermont and Governor McKee's reaction was just, you know, our thoughts are with them. Uh, nothing condemning the actions. But the other one I think is more interesting is Michael Sabatoni, big labor leader. He got he got nailed on a DUI out of Johnson. There are apparently commercials uh, that the laborers are running that feature McKee and Sabatoni. And the McKee campaign, oh, no, we're going to keep running them. You know, that's like a private matter. Uh, you know, you see the contrast with how Nerona handled it how McKee handles when people under him run and run and follow the law. But also I was reminded, if you remember Governor Mundo had that commercial where she was actually even wearing jeans. And there was a guy in the commercial that it turned out that he had been um, busted on a DUI and Raimondo, uh, it was Canada Ramundo at the time, general treasurer. She, she pulled the commercial and pulled it out. I'm just curious your reaction and how, Governor McKee handles people under him that run a follow the law.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think you, I, as you, as you, as you're describing the situation, you could almost see a commercial responding to his mother commercial, where instead of throwing down cards of the bad deal that Rhode Island was dealt their their cards showing all the people under McKee who've done something yes, questionable. I mean, we're, I like we're now, we're now up to a poker hand full of them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so the savvy Sabatoni, you know, it made me think of Ruggiero and Chacon when they were pulled over yeah. back and drinking and driving and, and other – I think it was David Cicilline's sister, in fact, was on Real, yes. uh, a reality TV thing uh, being PD. over and live PD. And, and you know, it, it seems to me – I don't understand why these people can't – you know, I, I don't drive drunk and I i don't think I'm going to get headlines if I get caught doing so. And they, right. they will. It's, it's really yeah. bizarre. You know, i labor runs the state right and so yeah. that, that's one of mckee's key constituencies so I, i'm not surprised he, he in in that power balance he definitely does not have the power over sabatoni so you know he can only kind of grin and bear it the the guy the guy in uh, what's it chris farrell the one arrested in in vermont that's a little bit more interesting I, just the to listen to the mckee people you'd think it was almost well we're going to respect his his medical problems like what i, I mean yeah. maybe Maybe there's something medical about it, but still, I mean, this is not. He, the guy was was cre- behaving irrationally. He makes almost a hundred forty thousand dollars. Yes. worth yeah. of McKee. So that's. I mean, who who are we paying? Who are we hiring to run to run government? And I think it does. it's just this drip drip of of people under McKee. You know, he really needs to. To encourage one of his employees to go out and save a kitten from a tree or something or, or dive off a bridge and stop somebody from commi- committing suicide or something heroic because it just looks like he surrounds himself with yeah. people who are questionable, who have bad judgment, who, who do things they shouldn't be doing. And that's that's really going to creep up. Maybe that's why he, his people thought he needed an ad showing how nice he is with his mother. which you know, even in the, even in the what was good Goodfellas? Even even in the gangster movies, the guys are friendly with their mothers. So I'm not sure yeah. that's quite the image they want. But the yeah, I think I think he he needs to get a, a handle on this, and more importantly, he needs to to really change the script of his administration because this is going to keep dogging him right through the election. Especially if, if more come out, it, I, you know, at this point, it wouldn't be surprising if we got one or two a week where he's associated with somebody who's doing in the news for doing something.
0: As he least, remains uh, the subject of an FBI probe with, and those guys were really tight with him with the ILO group. Um, yeah, exactly. It's also interesting, Justin Katz, this was the second kind of bizarre arrest. The other one was the, the guy running in CD2 very briefly, but for the uh, congressional seat, um, who got remember got arrested in Ohio. These are, it's kind of odd that they, these, they, they are serious offenses. They are being arrested. They're out of state. But there, there's definitely something I, I don't know what to exactly to make of it. It's not like take you know lift taking an opponent's lawn sign or 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 something of of that nature. It's um it's kind of odd behavior in that particular situation. Uh, the Boston Globe and ever they did I think they broke the story did a huge story and follow up of it. Suddenly now uh, the McKee aide as soon as they frame it that. We hope that he gets the help that he needs. As long as you say that, you notice the coverage, everyone immediately backed off. Uh, there was no talk about, you know, no knock at the door, no ambush type interview, uh, no one going up trying to talk to people at the statehouse. It It's um, I just find it, it it's incredible double standards that we're seeing playing out in the media that that CD2 candidate, Michael Leary, I think is the thing, the way they treated that arrest and coverage of it compared to the McKee aid um, really like night and day.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that will make a difference if, if anybody managed to get, manages to get police uh, video of the, the aid in, in Vermont, that was part right. of the, the issue with this, the CD2 candidate was that there was video. So people, you know, that's new, kind of easy news to put that up and everybody can watch it and comment on it. But it is the, the, the bizarreness of these incidents it's that it's interesting that you linked it to i mean it does seem i mean driving under the influence all that kind of stuff that's one thing i mean that's just you know bad judgment not uncommon but i mean in the the one in what was it illinois or wherever he was he was driving Following another car that oh, was strangers Ohio. for Ohio, Ohio. for yeah. long long distance. In this case, the police were called for for burglary and attempting to steal a car. Just very odd behavior, and it I don't know. I, I it's hard. To, I don't want to draw you know narratives from two two incidents, but it, you do start to wonder if there's something generational and, and having to do with COVID and just real mental health breakdown going on out there. Um, but yeah, they are very they are very strange incidents, and it does seem like once you throw in that that kind of mental health card, it's it's kind of like the you know the identity politics we've been talking about with Tierra Mac. Once you say, oh, yes. I'm a black female queer, you you're I'm I'm, indif- I'm you i am i am you can not attack me. I'm fully armored in, in my identity. It's almost like that. With oh yeah, well uh, we we hope he gets the mental health he needs. Well, you could say that about anybody, right? A murderer. Yes. I hope I hope he gets the mental help he needs, uh, the mental care he needs. But you know, I, so I yeah, it's it's a sticky situation, and I, I agree. I don't think I don't think the news media handles it very well. And I, I think we're in a we're in a time in our society where they can't really just report it as facts. They've got to worry that if they say the wrong thing, some advocate will will go after them for for abusing a, a minority group of you know people who who are mentally troubled or something. I don't know. It's, it's it's a strange situation.
0: Well the McKee fine <laughs> finally before we take a break, the, the McKee aide, he's on the payroll. Like if he was yeah. doing that, that weekend, what was his work like, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday leading into the, the weekend? A lot of times, um, let's just say there's a player that played for a team, a professional team, and then they get into trouble but they've been, you know, retired or they've been off the team for some time. Then the team says, you know, we were sorry, dismayed to hear it. We hope the individual is going to get the help that they're getting. But the McKee thing, he is last I, I heard. I didn't hear that he was out on any type of, you know, medical leave or absence. And he is now. But it um, I don't know. I, I just exactly what I said, I think it warrants some how productive and what exactly was their work like in the office. If if this is then taking place on a, on a weekend in the summertime, uh, folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week with Justin Katz right here. On the John DeVito show. The Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, or island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them. All year round, 226 Coheset Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coheset Inn. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing at anchorrising.com. Well, Justin, the um, primary now is coming up September 13th. We're about to get into the window. I think the month of August things really will start to heat up in some of these primaries. Early voting, by the way, starts August 24th, so a lot of times where some of this would start to heat up. Really, people may not realize it, but it, it would even be after Labor Day because um, it's the second Tuesday after that. But I, I think with the early voting, we're going to start to see some movement. I'm just curious your thoughts on this. There's already quite a bit of buzz on this Democrat primary for general treasurer with the former mayor of Central Falls, James Deosa, and also Stephan Pryor, who was the Commerce Secretary. It almost seems, I, you know, I've been told that different people have tried to tell Deosa slow down He's a young guy. He's very ambitious. He, uh, you know, felt he kind of got gypped and left at the altar as a bridesmaid uh, with Governor McKee because he he really thought he was going to be the next lieutenant governor. Uh, neither one of them really seemed qualified to to be the general treasurer for the position. I think Dio said definitely not. But um, it's kind of a, I, I think it's an interesting you know race to watch because there's already some back and forth between the two of them
1: it is and what I'm noticing I mean the Woonsocket Democrats and the Mayor Bald- Baldelli Hunt they endorsed Pryor in that race but but if you if you zoom out a bit it, it, there are two it's almost like two tickets you've got Gorbea, okay. uh, Rogerio and Pryor on one ticket and then McKee, Matos and Diosa on the other uh, and I think that that is the indicator to me there there really are our factions here yes um in the democrat party and i i don't think they're very far apart on most policies and, and as you say that it's not obvious to me that that any of them are qualified for the offices they're seeking any of the six that is but the um except lieutenant governor there's no qualification for that but the um that just that's what seems to me striking is there's there's it's almost i i don't i haven't seen enough evidence to quite put it this way, but it, it almost seems like a McKee camp and a Raimondo camp because prior yes. came in with with Raimondo. Yep. Uh, and so I, I that's that's what I th- it, it appears to be developing. Yes. What's interesting to me is the, the key side has the has the more identity politics cards. So it's it's ostensibly the more moderate faction, but they're they're definitely in they're definitely playing more on the kind of progressive identity politics, which which makes it strange and makes it I think is part of why McKee's having image issues.
0: I think that's a, a an excellent point and also McKee he seemingly is very seemingly very friendly with the mayor of Pawtucket. Uh, he was able to you know he looks at where am I gonna how can I pull out votes uh, in the Democrat primary and it's it's the core of you know, Matos helps him in Providence. Uh, obviously, the uh, former mayor of Central Falls, Diosa helps him in Central Falls. Seems to have a decent operation in, in Pawtucket. That's how he held off Aaron Ruggenberg. And he also seemingly has moved now into, he does a lot of events in East Providence. He's become very friendly with the, the mayor, De Silva, of East Providence. And I think, just to get that's exactly what we're seeing right now, is because Pryor was a Raimundo person. Uh, you wonder what kind of deals or how he's getting some of that. But that is, that's the best explanation I've heard of how it, it does break out. It's really the McKee camp versus the Ramundo camp. Gobea did have a falling out with Raimondo because she, she backed Matt Brown in 2018. And then he returned the favor by running against her, even though he's running. Uh, <laughs> my God, he's, he's running a total, um, you know, underground uh I don't know how to explain a type of campaign. There's, I see no visibility unless he has some kind of, um, some kind of plan or something he's going to execute that's going to, you know, raise. But it's, he's running a complete stealth campaign. But I think that is how that now breaks down, and that that it would seem that even though, uh, McKee was, you know, D, uh, James Deosta must have been disappointed that McKee didn't tap him, um, that that he kept him in the fold. The prior thing, Justin Katz, he was making a lot of money at Commerce. I've never been impressed with the guy. He seems very awkward to me. Talks in kind of a halting manner. Now, again, he's, you know, he's from Connecticut. He went to Yale, so he's part of that. Raimondo, I think he was friendly with uh, Raimondo's husband at Yale. Um, it is interesting that he was also. People pictured that he was going to kind of get blown out by McKee. So McKee, Governor McKee, held him held him around. I know of someone who very early on was was kind of offered almost on the sly the commerce job. He turned it down. Uh, but Stephen Pryor, you know, I'll say the guy. You know, managed even though Gino left, he's managed to hold on to his job. Now, what yeah. about the? Go ahead, Justin. Well, and
1: also with Pryor, he that ties him to Ramondo and a sort of set within a Democrat Party. He's very much of the kind of Brookings think tank technocratic. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna tell you how to run everything, uh, RI Foundation kind of kind of ang group, um, which and McKee's thing is really more just the local folks. Yeah. Kind of Ideosa so fits in there, I, but I think that's, I think that's uh, part of the problem. And, and, you know, going back to the idea that none of them are really qualified, you know, wouldn't imagine somebody on a Democrat ticket or otherwise coming in and saying, look, I'm going for treasurer. I've, I've worked as an accountant my entire life. I know how to do this stuff, right? You know, it'd be, it'd be, it would be night and day, the difference between somebody who's actually qualified and, and people who aren't. And it, it's just, you know, it, it makes me think, I mean, even Magaziner was in that kind of Industry, but had no real experience when he took right. the treasurer job, and so it, it's almost like, and we, we've we've discussed this before with the mayors of Providence. Like, who are you people? You have no Alorza. You have no qualifications to None. be a and it's just Rhode Island is really, really suffering in need for people who. who have some justification for the jobs they're running for it's almost entirely political you know all right you're this race i'll put you on or or we're friends or i made a promise to you i'll put you on a ticket it's there's really it's almost like you want to say to rhode islanders you know have some self-respect it's just we need we kind of need to start finding a system that allows us to elevate people who who know the jobs they're running for
0: well two people who have had success in the, in the, the business world and that is helena you know, folks who's running for mm-hmm. governor on the Democrat side, ran CBS and also Ashley Kalis. It's interesting yep. you say that because I have heard through channels that the, the Kalis is, is she's in the general election. I've heard the candidate that they kind of most fear would be if she had a head to head matchup against Helena folks, because if you have, you know, there's two women running, both have business experience, but one is a local one did run CBS and one is a Democrat. That could be problematic for an, an, an Ashley Kalis. The the folks' campaign, uh, Justin Katz. I, you know, you, you just can't rule her out. She is running a lot of television. Her name recognition is building. She's got seemingly endless money. Um, you know, for for people, there's definitely a scenario where she could catch fire, and if she could be heard, um, I think that. That could, could be a campaign to watch because I, I don't think – well, I know she's certainly not as progressive as like a Gauvet or in McKee.
1: Oh, well, definitely. So she yeah. less progressive and more competent. And I think that's why we're yeah. seeing folks climb is people who – Democrats who might go toward McKee are just seeing he, he's bumbling. He doesn't oh, – yeah he's got all these kind of shady characters under him he's just yep. not doing what they want so folks is a good alternative for them and i think the callus camp is is right to think she would be probably the hardest of them for for callus to be because there is
0: a lot of overlap in their their kind of narratives yes and, and, and i think in that matchup i think that the advantage you know a big knock against helena folks is she she her pac, the CVS PAC donated money to Trump, and also she gave personal money to Mitch McConnell. That really doesn't hurt her in in a general <laughs> election, certainly not with the Republican party. Yeah, uh, exactly. Finally Justin Katz, with the c d two race, I mean, i you know, I think if you're Mayor Fung, you continue to be visible. You're out there. you're raising money. Uh, i I hear that he's having success in Washington with um with you know, lining up that some money is going to come in and be spent here. I think it's interesting. Like the the the, I'm waiting to see the campaign for that Sarah Morgenthau because I saw like over the weekend she put, you know, 15 year old boy shot in Providence, uh, killed over the weekend. This is unacceptable. Nothing about how we're going to stop this. Nothing about need more police. Nothing about more cameras or anything. Just, I mean, what's what's the point of just tweeting a, a unacceptable outrage? I mean. I talk about non-controversial advice. There's someone saying that it is acceptable. I mean, it's just um I, that's the campaign that I, she's in it. She's obviously very interested. I'm just anxious to see or curious. I should just better word if she can kind of turn the corner and, and find something to really kind of catch fire.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I think it'll be difficult. I mean, she, I, the only argument I've seen her make for her candidacy is that she's well connected in, in Washington, DC. Yes. And that, not and that's an easy gap for somebody like magaziner to fill in on the democrat side Uh, but i think you're you're right i think alan Fung's in a good position now i mean he's he's he doesn't have a primary he can he he's got some some good polling he's he's well liked in his state he can definitely spend some time trying to make connections bring in outside money and also start digging for endorsements i mean if he could get Uh, you know, some, some moderate Republican or even better, some moderate Democrat, if there are any in Washington um, endorsements, then he can really start to eat into to any challenge magazine or could mount because that's, that's going to be a very, I've always thought that's a very strong case for a Republican in in Congress in Rhode Island is to say, look, we're going to be out of power, your party, the Democrats are going to be out of power. It's not bad to have somebody one person out of the four who's who's in there with the, the people who, who are who are controlling the committees and all that and i think that that's a very strong case to make and uh, i th- i think he's got space now he's not he's not on defensive he, so no. far he's, he's got no controversies and as i said he's, he's well liked and he's a known figure he doesn't have to build up his name recognition just because he's not known uh so he definitely
0: has space to work on those kind of the the margin and the gravy there do you think um Finally, do you think Governor Baker in Massachusetts, if he endorsed Fung, if that would be helpful? I think so. Um, yeah. I mean,
1: he's, he's known as moderate. He's, he's extremely popular. Um, he is. You have a lot of think... Rhode Islanders,
0: Northern Rhode Island, who Well, it's out of districts, as I think of it, but they do work in Boston. There's a lot of people that do it. He's very popular. Um, yeah, but they... not only that, Rhode Islanders, I mean,
1: in general, Rhode Islanders – Look at Massachusetts, both sides of the aisle, and, and think they get things right in a way we often don't in Rhode Island. Yes. And so, so an endorsement from a moderate Republican governor would would certainly not hurt Funk, and I think I think uh, it, it would do him a lot of good. Not not maybe not as much good as as some Democrat endorsements would. That would be a real kind of knockout punch if he could get some high profile moderate Democrats. But I, I think Baker would be a help to to Funk.
0: Folks, uh, he is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com It's Justin Katz. Justin, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again.
1: Thank you, John. Talk to you soon.
0: The Centerdale Revival. Stop in and see them comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love The Centerdale Revival, located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Centerdale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Home again consignment. Located Governor Francis Shopping Center. Fine furniture, art, antiques, glassware, jewelry, buy, sell, or sell in consignment and Estate sales are provided. It's home again consignment. Call John, 401-463-3310. Again, located right in Warwick in the Governor Francis Shopping Center. Home again consignment.